Hello and welcome to the MJ Cast. It's Saturday, the 16th of May, 2015, and we've got a jam-packed show ready for you guys today. We've got some really interesting news items coming up and a very interesting discussion topic as well, all based around a question that was sent in to us from Austin Ernst. So before we get going, I want to introduce a few people. Of course, we've got our co-host Q here today with us. Q, how are you doing? Good morning. I slept in, so I'm apologizing to everyone to <laughs> keeping them waiting. So I slept for my alarm, got home from a late shift at work, but I'm here now. Hi, everyone. It's great to be back. It's quite all right, Q. The show will go on for sure. Uh, we've also got Australia's biggest Michael Jackson fan, uh, Marnie Carlson. Marnie, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm so excited to have you guys on the show. Thank you so much for coming on the MJ cast. That's all right. I'm so excited to be here. I absolutely love the podcast and I'm just so honored that I can join in on the discussion and have a bit of a MJ geek out session with you guys. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's the idea. And of course, we've also got Jerome Horn here from Indianapolis in the United States. Jerome, how are you? I'm doing very well. Very well. How sexy is that accent? It's good. It's good. It's pretty cool. <laughs> That good old oh. indie accent. <laughs> well, actually, I've only lived here for the past uh, nine months. I'm, I came from Atlanta, Georgia, down south. Okay. There you go. I haven't been to Atlanta. I have been to Indianapolis, though. Oh, okay. Guys, let's get straight into our first news item. Uh, we've got an interesting development from this week. I believe it was on Wednesday. We had the Jacksons actually appear and uh, perform on American Idol on the uh, season 13 finale. There were two hours of performances all up with 14 contestants and huge stars from the music industry joining in to perform as well. And uh, one of those contestants was uh, Tiana Jones, who actually performed with the Jacksons. Did you guys have a chance to see this? I did. What did you think, Marnie? So for me, I just... I don't know. I also saw another performance with, I'm not sure who the contestant was, but with Janelle Monet. And I just found both performances very lacklustre. I, I mean, with the Jacksons, I thought that, you know, it was it's really cool that they're still performing and stuff, but they seemed a little all over the place at times and the contestant just seemed really nervous. Mm. That's what I honestly thought of it. Um, but it was a cute performance and everything. It did nothing for her vocal range. Yeah, that's just, I, I just think it was kind of like a, I don't know, just part of the show. Let's get a big star and, you know, she can play the part of Michael Jackson and it'll be amazing. But it just, for me, it didn't come off as amazing. Maybe in the context of the whole show, it might have been, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I watched it thinking like, oh, it's going to be great to see the Jacksons performing again, and it, it it's always really good to see those guys perform, and and I think they did a reasonable reasonably good job of it. Probably not as good as what I've seen them do in their own shows, uh, their own recent shows especially, but it was still good to watch nonetheless. I just didn't, yeah, I don't know. The thing, the problem I have with it is more that. You know, they're the Jacksons and I don't know, any any time a big star goes on one of these reality singing shows like X Factor or American Idol or whatever, I always just feel like, Oh, do you really need to do that? Like you're you're already you know, the Jacksons changed the world. They're the big they're the biggest, you know, musical family out and I don't know, I just 
I always wonder why why go on American Idol? I don't know. That might just me, be me though thinking that. Yeah, I, didn't I really I agree even with know that. the show was still going. <laughs> yeah, I think it's up to I think it's season um season 13, I think. It, that, I think that was the final one though, wasn't it? Jerome, I mean yeah. you're you're in the you're in the states. So what's what's the word with American Idol? Is that that's the last of the whole show, isn't it? Now it's canceled, I think. As far as I know, and uh, I have to be honest with you, uh, I really haven't uh, watched the show in the last few years myself. So yeah, it's 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 had its time. Yeah, yeah, definitely time to wrap it up. I think. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of those of those reality contests with singing in general. I think some of them can be okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was good to see the Jacksons on there. I love seeing them. Um, you know, perform live whenever because they're so talented and such amazing people. And I, I loved all the press they did leading up to it. They did some really good interviews as well. Did you guys get a cue? Did you get yes. a chance to hear any of any of those interviews? I saw uh, one with Marlon and Jackie yeah. um, on some morning show. And even though Jackie was talking about how his kids escaped the house, like little toddlers ran across the road to Celine Dion's duck pond or something for half the interview. Uh, it was it was still a very good interview and it was cool to see him. And um, yeah, no, they did some good press. Where was Jermaine? Does anyone know? Um, That's really a good sh- question. Yeah, not really sure. I don't think he performed because doesn't he usually take the lead singing role in the shows anyway? So like in most parts, like they all take some turns in the forefront, but it's generally yeah, Jermaine. Yeah. But still, it was used to be five. I'm sure they could have made it five still. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure. But, you know, there's in other Jackson's news, though, I mean, like, we've got another big thing happening this year with them. There are some news has just come out that they're actually going to be headlining BBC's Proms in the Park 2015, uh, which I find really exciting because those, um, the Proms in the Park, sort of performances that I've seen from other artists in the past have always been captured really well on great, you know, high definition footage and always really, really good performances. Uh, so I can't wait for this to happen. It's going to be happening on Saturday, the 12th of September at, at Hyde Park in uh, the UK. Tickets are on sale at the moment for £39 only at uh, bbc.co.uk forward slash proms in the park. And uh, I just think it's going to be really, really good. Marnie, have you heard much about this at all? Um, no. Um, the first I've heard of it is pretty much now. I'm really glad, like I said before, that they're still performing and they're still kind of carrying on the legacy because they're, they're great guys. And, but I kind of feel like, aren't they super old now? <laughs> like, when do, they, <laughs> when, when do they retire? Yeah, but it's really good that they're still doing it. You know, I love hearing them all sing and kind of take turns doing that. And I'm just hoping they've just got an awesome set. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty good because they. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I've got to admit, I have not actually seen them live before, so I can't comment on that. I've seen a lot of footage on YouTube of them performing live. I do know that Q, you've seen them live, so I mean, what what do you think about this new performance? I would first of all, the price, wow, couldn't beat that, and I think they are awesome, and they they had the energy of like twenty year olds really when I saw them. They were really, really, really good. It blew me away how. Um, full of energy and just like the old days they were just really really cool stuff i mean they uh, from what i know as well with this show that they're going to be doing as a part of the um the uh, promenade concerts they they're not going to be just doing one or two songs i think the 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 news article i saw advertising it was actually talking about them doing nearly a whole set like a concert 
so it should be interesting. They'll be probably doing their greatest hits, obviously, which would be great. Jerome, do you do you enjoy seeing the Jacksons perform in their in their latest iteration? I, I do, and uh, like you, I haven't actually seen them live, but I've watched a lot of videos on YouTube, and uh, you know, it's it's fun to watch, um, but it's also hard for me to watch because you know the obvious is you know Michael's not there, and so it's 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 just in my mind it is a little hard for me to you know obviously i have to accept that fact but it it's always i feel like i watch them perform i enjoy it but i'm still left yearning for something more or something that it's not quite there that's the best way i can sum it up when i see them but uh, as marnie said i'm excited that they're still performing and um i'm glad that that they're still doing what they love doing and and sharing their gift of music with the world so I think it's important that they're still performing. I'm glad they are as well. I think that's an important thing that they are because their music on their own stands like stands up against anything now. So I think that it's good that they're still out there doing it. Yeah, they might be a legacy act in a lot of ways, but their musical history and their musical royalty. So we're very lucky. Yeah, it's um, fantastic yes. that they still have that energy. Um <clears throat> Like you said, they've. I mean, even watching the American Idol performance, even though it didn't wow me, just they did have that energy. It was really great to see that. You know, Marlon's still dancing and pulling all those dance moves and um, all the poses and stuff that they used to do on, you know, because I've watched so many of the uh, or so much of the old footage from the 70s of them performing and it's still, you know, very similar. They're just fantastic. Marlon tore the stage up when I saw them. I couldn't believe it. He and I, because I saw him the next day and I got their autographs and I told him, so you tore that stage up like a 21 year old and he laughed so much. Um, but he yeah. really did. He tears the stage up dancing and stuff. Yeah, Marlon is highly underrated. I think that he's probably my favorite Jackson after Michael. He really, he tried really hard, you know, like his dancing is incredible and he's got a really underrated voice as well. I think that for me, he's definitely a standout in the Jacksons and I'm so glad that he's performing as part of the Jacksons, you know, because he's great. He's a great so guy. True. Yeah, great, great stuff. I just hope I get the chance one day to see him live. Like everyone that I've ever seen who's seen them always say it's just an incredible experience going to watch them. The positivity, the energy, the music. I mean, they're singing live. It's it's uh, just really magical. So hopefully one day it'll happen for me as well. Well, we'll get to talk about this again because this doesn't happen until September. So after it happens, when we get footage, we'll get to talk about that. But for all our UK listeners you know if you're going to proms or proms in the park to see the jacksons let us know absolutely we can't wait to hear there's a lot of things happening in england around september i'm pretty sure that's when kingvention's happening as well isn't it oh man you're right that's so cool so imagine that you get to go to like if you're in england at that time you get to see the jacksons live and go to kingvention all in one month ah oh. lucky buggers absolutely no. absolutely we're jealous. We're jealous. <laughs> totally. What did you guys think about the rumours this week of possible new Janet Jackson album coming out? Did you see that as well? Yes, I, I did see that come across some of my news sources. Um, it, it's ex certainly exciting. You know, I, um, I'm really, really, you know, into the, the possibility that she's putting out new music because, uh, 
know, obviously she in her own right is a incredible artist and um, certainly, you know, looking forward to see what, what comes out of this and if, if find out if it's really true and, and see what her plans are as far as promotion and if she is going to tour again and all sorts of things. So very excited, very excited. And how about um, you, Marnie? Um, yeah, I've... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just title the podcast Carlson. Um, yeah. <laughs> Carlson cast. Yeah, Carlson. Oh, gosh. Anyway, um, <laughs> I feel, um, I'm really excited. I feel like she's been really quiet in since her up close and personal tour. And I kind of got the feeling that it was probably her last tour. And she's kind of had, has she had a book since then or was that before the tour? I'm not Ooh. quite sure. It was roughly around the same time, I think. I can't remember whether it was before or yeah. after, but it was around that period. Yeah, and so she's had she had the tour and she had the book and I think that she had some kind of diet product thing going as well. Yeah, so I just felt like she's been really quiet, so this would be really exciting instead of her just, you know, uh, being a legacy act. It would be really exciting to hear some new music. Um, Although if she's concentrating on her personal life, I'm I'm happy for her. Definitely, she deserves that. So yeah, it'd be definitely a nice surprise to have a have new music from her because I love Janet. Yeah, it is a, a really exciting thing. I I hope this is true. I mean, it's been a problematic sort of couple of weeks with the article because I think it was originally talked about by Hip Hop Vibe, and they said that the album was definitely coming July 10th. And they said uh, they had like a, a photo, an uncredited photo came out, basically a roster of releases, like album releases for the future. And um, it said on there that this album was coming on July 10th. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it's not certain where that photo came from, whether it was from a record store or a record label. But what was on there was a series of artists that belong to Atlantic Records, including artists like Meek Mill and... And people like that. But Janet Jackson was on there. So it started sparking rumors that Janet had signed with Atlantic and that this album would be coming out on July 10th for sure. And then since then, it's gotten it's gotten really confusing because so Atlantic Records have come out and said that, no, there is, there is no Janet Jackson coming out through us. But people have called record stores and have been told that they can pre-order an album for Janet Jackson. Also, somebody of prominence spoke about it as well. Who was it? Oh, yes, Sia, the singer Sia. Her manager came out and tweeted that he has spoken with people in the record industry who have said, yes, there is an album coming. Jimmy Jam, the um, legendary producer that she's worked a lot with as a part of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, he has been tweeting for a while now that new work is coming. So, you know, I'm of the mind that the album will be coming out. I think new Janet Jackson is on its way. Whether it's as soon as July 10th, we don't know, but I can't wait for it to happen. And I certainly, certainly hope it's a return to the musical quality uh, that we saw from her in the 80s and the 90s in partnership with Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Are we 100% this photo came from the US? Maybe it came from elsewhere and we're reading the date wrong and maybe it's the 7th of October. Oh, I I have no idea. Like, it could be that. It could be, yeah, I, I don't have the photo in front of me right now, but it could be a date. You know, we could be reading it wrong, but... Whenever... I hope it's July. That's sooner, so that would be cool. Yeah, it's like less than two months away, July 10th. Yeah. Have you guys seen Janet on tour? I have. 
I saw the up close and personal tour. That's the only one I've seen. And I loved it. I was pretty close to the front, I think. Actually, Damien was there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was fantastic. I think that I probably had teary moments because, you know, her music was music that I grew up with and as a, you know, child and a teenager and, you know, to see this amazing woman on stage in front of me, it was kind of like an ah moment. Um, And yeah, I thought she was incredible. And it was, it was really stripped back, you know, all the dancers were in, you know, just their jeans and all in black and stuff. And it was just really nice to just see her on stage. So uh, I, I loved it. I loved seeing her perform. That's cool. Yeah, I saw that tour as well. It was, it was a big contrast to her other work, but it was cool oh. to see it stripped back. And uh, she did a good job. The Jacksons rocked it out of the park when I saw them. They were like, <laughs> wow, they've topped Janet, which I never thought could have happened compared to her. <laughs> that last tour, but I saw her on the, she was my first ever cassette that I ever got back in the olden days. So her Janet album, no, sorry, Rhythm Nation was my first ever album that I got on cassette off Santa Claus one Christmas. And then she was my first ever concert uh, on the Janet tour. I saw her, that was my first ever concert that was here at the now demolished Perth Entertainment Centre. And I think I saw her again. I'm trying to remember what other tours she's had. I think I saw her again and then the up close and personal one. She had the so, she had the Velvet Rope tour in the late nineties and then the All For You as well tour as well in the early two thousands. Okay. Maybe it's only the two times that I've seen her. I'm still waking up. I haven't had a <laughs> tea or tea, I haven't had my cup of tea yet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, oh. it's very exciting. And oh, and when we were little kids, this is a funny story. Quickly, when we were little kids, we didn't own like a VCR for a lot of the time. But mum and dad sometimes would hire one, like during school holidays and stuff. We would hire the actual machine and then go to the video shop. Um, eventually, we did get our own VCR. But one of the first videos me and my sister ever used to go and get out was the Rhythm Nation and the Control video cassettes and watch all the film clips. Wow. Because Control was a kick-ass album as well. Oh, oh yeah. Totally was. I just, you know, uh, I don't know what you guys think about this, but I always feel like there's kind of like this, like two chapters almost in Janet Jackson's career. There's like what she was doing in the 80s and the 90s with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And then I suppose All For You as well in, I think it was 2001 or 2000 when that came out, that was Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And then it was like, she kind of broke away from them and did Demeter Joe, 20YO and then uh, Discipline. And there's like, she was working with a lot of different R&B and hip hop producers at that time. And she just, I don't know, she just, those few albums specifically, just at that, the tail end of, of what when she was putting out music, for me was like, just a, she deviated a lot from what made her, her. And I don't know, the last, the last couple of songs that have come out from her before she uh, moved to the Middle East, I think there was one called Nothing. And there was another one called, oh, what was that other one that she did with Rodney Jerkins? It was on oh, her best yeah. of the single i can't remember anyway so those two songs i i really liked those so i don't know like i'm hoping that we see a return to 
I don't know, that original sort of Janet Jackson sound that really made her famous. Do you guys feel the same way that there was kind of like a dip in the quality of stuff coming out towards the end of her recording or is it just me? What what do you think, Jerome? Uh, I I would agree with you. I I pretty much agree exactly with what you said. I I tend to find the the beginning stuff that she put out to be more, uh, I guess, more enjoyable. Um, and the later um, material to just not be as as fun or as listenable as I want it to be. So I, I certainly hope that uh, that if there is a new album coming out, that it'll be a return to uh, what what she's known for. Um, because and I have to be honest with you, for the longest time, I had never really I knew Janet Jackson existed. I'd listened to some of her songs. I'd seen the Rhythm Nation video, but I'd never really watched like any of her concert tours until after Michael passed. And I kind of really started looking into to Janet and I was just amazed that, uh, you know, she in her own right is just an incredible live performer as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, you know, she often has been in the shadow of Michael, I guess, as a performer and an artist. Uh, but like, for me, the way I look at it, she was kind of like Beyonce before Beyonce. Like she... Totally. She... Oh, like, yes. She... Um, you know, she doesn't get enough credit. No way. No way. It's ridiculous how um, she doesn't get the recognition she deserves. And like there was the campaign on social media to induct her into the Hall of Fame because she's earned it and she's not in the Hall of Fame. I know. And she like, you know, didn't just break. She broke the color line for women internationally. Like, I mean, she she was like the first female um, black artist that I can think of that really had massive like international success on a scale that had never been there before and uh, I don't know like ever since the Super Bowl incident that happened you know the the um, wardrobe malfunction stuff like I just felt like the media have jumped on her in the same way that they've jumped on Michael and it's kind of all gone downhill from there And but at the same time I don't think she's helped it much either with the, the music she's been putting out because a lot of the stuff in the 80s and the 90s when you listen to the lyrical content of those songs i feel like a lot of them they have social messages in them they're about bringing awareness to people about issues and and that kind of thing and then like you listen to the the stuff in the last decade and it's i don't know it doesn't have that depth to it lyrically that i've had felt before anyway marnie would you agree or oh absolutely i agree with you a hundred percent um i'm definitely uh you know, into the old Janet Jackson stuff and haven't purchased her last few albums just because I don't like the music on them. I don't think that it's nearly as good as what she's done before. And I still have old, I think I have the Rhythm Nation compilation video uh, DVD. Yeah, yeah. Um, and watching stuff like, um, uh, oh, what's the song? <laughs> I've just forgotten it. It's the video clip with Cab Calloway in it. It's incredible. It's all right. Not all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's one of my favourite songs. And, you know, her her videos, her performances and um, her concert performances were all so incredible back then. And then, yeah, they definitely dipped in recent years. So, yeah, it would be great to see her, yeah, doing something a little bit more interesting <laughs> than she has done in recent years. I think um, there might be a slight return to the social message stuff because there's been a bit of a campaign on Twitter, at least, with the hashtag conversations in a cafe. Have you guys seen that? No, I haven't heard of that. What's that? Okay, so, like, they've a few people that uh, she knows, I think friends of hers, have put, like, um, this hashtag up, conversations in a cafe, 
with like a picture of some sort of social uh, injustice somewhere. And I think it's sort of related back to the Janet album. I think it's sort of like a subtle campaign that might be happening right under our noses. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't heard of that, but I'm gonna. I want to check into that because it sounds interesting. I just. I just hope whatever comes out next is. Is yeah. Yeah. Addresses some some of those big issues and and is uh you know we see that powerful strong Janet back touring you know putting great music out. I don't know. I mean, but the, what you said before, Marnie, is true. Like, I mean, she she's had a whole career. She conquered the world with her music. Um, you know, if she wants to enjoy a um you know a private life and that's fine too it's just uh as fans you can't help want want more stuff from the jacksons but <laughs> oh definitely how how greedy are we wanting um <laughs> wanting want, wanting our favorite artists to keep performing as long as we're alive too <laughs> yep pretty much oh, oh dear. definitely well so i actually just Clicking on the hashtag now, yeah. and I actually think the official Janet Jackson Twitter has even tweeted out one conversations in a cafe, um, which was so it was a tweet from Jimmy Jam, and then she has said the depth of this hashtag conversations in a cafe, and then there's a few more. So I'm not sure if this is an official. Uh, there's one from Kathy Island. Um, which is a friend of the family, Jimmy Jam. There's, yeah. yeah, there's a couple of little things. I don't know if this is a subtle little campaign out there that we're seeing, maybe the birth of, but we should keep an eye on that. Well, I tell you, it could be because the thing, the thing is with, um, with Jimmy Jam is he's actually been tweeting for like a year or two now about their music, like that, that they're working on. So, like, they're definitely doing stuff together again. And uh, I just, yeah, I mean, this maybe this is an album title. Who knows what this could be? I mean, if Janet Jackson's tweeted it, if Jimmy Jam's tweeted it, and they're being real cryptic about it, could be a song title. Who knows? Interesting side note, May 16th is Janet Jackson's birthday, by the way. Hey, that's like today, 16th. That's today. Yeah. That's, yes. Wow. Wow, happy birthday, happy Janet. Happy birthday to the Queen, Janet. <laughs> we love you. Come on the show, Janet. We'd love to talk to you about your new album and anything that you'd want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Can, can I be on that as well? <laughs> <laughs> Just putting it out there. You know, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. So let's um let's move on to our our next topic and uh, this is something that we actually covered last week on oh sorry two weeks ago on episode seven uh, and we we talked all about the Baltimore riots that are going on um, or have been going on in the United States and and also what Michael Jackson tribute artist Dimitri Reeves is doing about that by going to ground zero of those riots and performing. Uh, his uh, renditions of Michael Jackson music to try and pacify and quell uh, the violence that's actually going on in those places. And we're lucky enough right now to have, uh, obviously, Jerome on the show with us. And Jerome is somebody that that I just found out today used to live in Baltimore until he was uh, 12 years old and uh, obviously lives in the United States. And and I think he can bring a flavor to the conversation that, that Q and I we, we, we did our best last week, but uh, <laughs> like we kind of said, we're just two guys in Australia, and, and I think it's going to be really interesting to hear from somebody in the US. So, so Jerome, what, what do you think about all of this stuff going on at the moment in, in Baltimore? 
Well, my first, the first thing I say and my first reaction is it, it's sad, you know, that being that was the place that I was born and I lived there and I still have a lot of family that's there. It was upsetting to see that happening to a town that I still have a, a lot of a connection to. But the, the problem is, uh, it's a historical problem. It dates back, you know, depending on who you talk to, this is something that goes all the way back to slavery in the United States when Africans were first brought over here. And it, it's kind of something that has continued to go on in, in different ways through over, uh, throughout the years. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people look at the riots and they look at the people that were, well, the people that's, first, let me say, it started off, all this stuff in Baltimore started off as peaceful protest, the death of Freddie Gray. And there had been a week or two of peaceful protests. And then all of a sudden, there was a small minority of people that decided to get rowdy. And unfortunately, that small group of people drew the attention of national media. And then it just grew into this bigger thing where you get a lot of young, there were a lot of young kids involved, like 15, 16 year olds, even maybe some, some kids a little bit younger than that, that were the main ones going around throwing rocks at police and, and, and just bashing in windows and setting fire to cars. And, you know, it, it, it's just sad. But at the same time, a lot of people have to understand when a group of people, when, when you grow up in an environment where all you know is, is, is drugs and, and your, your, your family environment is broken and you, you have not had people in your life that um, you haven't had, your parents are there, if they're there, they're not involved or you don't have parents in your life. And it, there's just this broken cycle that has been going on in families for years. And there's no after school programs. There's no sort of, just the opportunities to grow as people and, and, and achieve the so-called American dream is not there for a lot of these people. And so it's not a simple problem to fix. And I think a lot of the, the riots, you know, it, it goes back to African-Americans and black people just being disenfranchised over a period of, of hundreds of years at this point and a, a certain group of people just not being able to um, have the same opportunities that everyone else has had. And uh, in Baltimore in particular, Baltimore is a reflection of many major cities in America where you can go to almost any major city and find parts of the city where you see this type of environment that people live in. And it's almost like a third world country. And it's, it's just very sad that we in America can't seem to find a solution to the problem. Um, you know, people, we can throw money at things, but at the end of the day, money is not all that you know, money isn't everything. You know, this is something that starts with, with families and uh, it's just something that's much deeper. And I think you know, one good thing about Baltimore is that it's because it happened when it did and the prevalent and social media being as prevalent as it is, it brought it to national attention. And I think it has started a discussion about the issues of inequality in America and the haves versus the have nots and whether or not police are really you know, treating people brutally. And so I think that discussion is going on and it's really fresh in people's minds. And it's something that I think um, we'll start to try to work our way to a solution slowly but surely. Yeah, absolutely. And now we're, we're seeing a situation where Dimitri Reeves, the, the tribute artist who, who doesn't just perform in Baltimore, but all over the place, um, you know, decided to get involved and try and quell that violence. And, you know, how, what do you think, Jerome, about his, his message? Do you think it's getting through to the people here? Do you think it's effective? 
I think to some people it's effective. Uh, I think it really just depends on who you are and your views. I, I think, you know, him going out and, and, and dancing and, and trying to deliver a message um, through Michael of promoting peace and, and understanding, uh, I think it's a great thing and I'm glad he did it. Um, but at the same time, I think there are uh, a lot of people that just look at it as, oh, this guy is just using this to get his 15 seconds of fame, or he just wants to be famous. Mm. And they're not really concentrating on, you know, the real motivation behind why he decided to, to do it and why he's using Michael's music. Mm. Um, so I, I think it, it's on some people that they get it and on other people that the message is lost. And uh, also just the, the way media covers things in, in the United States is very interesting. And uh, it's depending on which particular news outlets you listen to or watch, you know, you'll get one side of the story, you'll get another side of the story. And, um, you know, in the United States, we tend to focus on all the, the negative things and the violent things a lot more than positives. I think that's almost the world over. It's hard to find news now where you're going this doesn't really seem like the full story like what's the truth here because they've always got an angle that they're trying to push and they're often backed by the you know billionaires who also then uh, lend support to certain political parties so the news is hard to find now that you can actually trust yeah, yeah i would agree i saw prince did a concert in Baltimore this week as well. So he, and I think he may have even written a song about Baltimore he to did. help. Can you tell us anything yes. about that? I haven't found much that I could sort of talk about. On uh, it. I, I've actually listened to the song. It's, it's an interesting song. Uh, supposedly he played all the instrument parts himself and he and one other person do all the vocals. Um, you know, the song, it, uh, has a, a, a Prince sound and it's, there's a kind of a chant throughout the song of, uh, you know, in the, the chorus of the word Baltimore. Um, and somewhere about halfway through the song, you start to hear people chanting, uh, no justice, no peace. Oh, um, cool. And it actually, the song ends, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it ends with a, it's like a, pol uh, a police blurb talking about the situation Baltimore. So it's 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 a it's a very interesting song. Uh, I think it's on SoundCloud. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, Marnie, have you been following much of the news with the Baltimore riots and and what Dimitri Reeves is doing there? Um, I haven't really been following. I work strange hours or you know very early mornings, late nights, probably similar to Q. Mm. Um, Yay for and, shift workers. <laughs> Yay for shift workers, yeah. I'm in hospitality, so and often I just want to come home and just go to sleep or, you know, do my workout or whatever and then make dinner. <laughs> anyway, so I try and keep up with the news, but this was not something that I really read a lot about, unfortunately. I think I, and I could have just passed it off as, you know, oh, there's another riots going on, another shooting has happened, another po police brutality. It just seems really common the last couple of years, and it's just, it, that's really sad. So, yeah, I think I was kind of a little bit, you know, blasé about it and just you know, coupled with not being up to date on the news. But I did watch a couple of the clips of Dimitri and I did read some of the interview. 
um, that he had with one of the news sites. I can't remember. You guys linked it to me. I think it was MJ Vibe. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that it's really fascinating that he's actually a new Michael Jackson fan. So he's post Michael Jackson's death. I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, so he's not like a lifelong fan or anything. He's he's this guy that's been touched by Michael after his past, mm-hmm. and um, and I just think I think he's an amazing dancer, and I think what he did with the riots just kind of, you know, there was so much danger around him, and he just decided to dance. <laughs> yeah, I I worry though that like, see, the thing is, this what Q and I were talking about last week was that the media tend to focus so much on the actual violence and the riots and not the problem yeah. that's causing them. Like, yeah. and we, we weren't like last week, Q and I weren't promoting rioting as a thing that should happen, but more saying that, hang on, there's a root, there's a root problem here. What is it? And why is the media not focusing on that? And they're focusing on the response to it um, by the yeah. people. And I just worry that like Dimitri's message has been lost here a little bit like and and it's no fault of his own like he is a guy that is doing an amazing thing and and bringing peace to a very very hot situation but um yeah like i mean is his message getting through the media youtube everyone seems to be focusing on this 15 second snippet of beat it um and him performing that but is his message getting through that violence should not be happening uh, you know, yeah. it's the same thing with Michael's music. I mean, they don't care about us. Amazing song, great video, the prison version, especially directed by Spike Lee. Did the message of that get through? No, it didn't because it was it was that video was banned. Like, yeah, uh, it just it just makes me angry sometimes that the message gets lost in amongst people's obsession with, oh, let's watch this guy perform beat it. Let's not actually talk about why he's doing this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree yeah. completely. But that's that's exactly what I saw from this. I thought this one guy is trying to I mean, but I'm a Michael Jackson fan. But this one guy is trying to bring some peace and harmony to a really chaotic situation yeah. and um trying to bring some relief in in the form of dance, which is exactly Michael Jackson's message. He wanted to provide escapism with his music. And I love that this guy, not being a long-time Michael Jackson fan, has got that. And is using it for such a, a you know, a, just out of the goodness of his heart. So. Yeah, that's right. It's really amazing what he does, I think, because it's it's like, you know, you can make a tribute video or you can make a, a video, you can make a fan video to They Don't Care About Us or something and put it on YouTube and reach a lot of people and that kind of thing. But he, he doesn't seem to be about reaching lots and lots of people. His thing's about reaching like few people but people that are in the hot zone the people that are involved in the actual violence i need to distract these people in this moment so that we can get some a resolution to this like bombing or whatever might be happening in that moment in that spot so yeah which is amazing yeah he's that's just incredible that he would do that and he's not yeah he's not trying to reach the masses he's trying to reach the people that are you know um, that that are having a hard time right now in that moment. So. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting. So, Jerome, is the news continuing? Are, are you seeing more and more of the news of, of Baltimore come out, even in the media at the moment in the US, or is it kind of starting to calm down a little bit? It has pretty much calmed down. Um, it's actually been rather calm, I'd say, for the last um, two weeks or so. 
you know, it, it seemed that uh, when the verdict came out, uh, then they decided to charge all the police officers. Um, that, that was really what people wanted to hear. And so um, that, that did a lot to, to calm things down immediately. Um, so there, there really hasn't been much. Um, the only thing we've heard is there, there still have been a really high number of just murders and shootings in Baltimore, um, which unfortunately Baltimore has been, it's a great city, really it is, but uh, it also has its you know, bad parts and it uh, has always kind of had a high murder rate anyway. Um, so, but, but overall things have calmed down, things have calmed down. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. We'll make sure to keep everybody up to date on the MJ cast and make sure as well, you go to, uh, Kerry Anderson's Facebook page. Kerry is a, uh, head of security. He was head of security, uh, director of security, I should say for Michael Jackson during the mid two thousands. He was also, uh, in the LAPD. And Kerry loves to put the message out on his Facebook page all about what's happening in America around police brutality and things that are happening to um, young black men, especially all throughout the United States. So make sure to jump on to Kerry Anderson's Facebook page. We'll put a link to that in the show notes to find out exactly what his thoughts are because he's a great voice uh, in this situation as well. Good idea. Go check that out. So... I'm sure if Michael was still around, he would have been speaking up like he always did right from the start about social issues and stuff. But we had a great question sent in from listener uh, Austin Ernst, who on Twitter, he's the creative ape, the creative APE. Uh, he sent in a question the other week and it said, this is our main discussion point today. Hello to the guys at the MJ cast. Thank you so much for liking my question so much that you like to use it in your show. Uh, I've been a fan for a while of your show. I look so long for a really good Michael Jackson podcast that really delves deep into topics. My question for you guys is, if Michael would have never passed, where and what do you think he'd be doing right now in terms of the arts? Thank you so much, guys. I can't wait to hear more from you. The reason why we got special guests in today, we got uh, the, um, Carlson and Jerome from the US. We thought this is such a great, great topic for fans to discuss because it could go anywhere. So, Jerome, I'm going to pass it over to you first. So if Michael would never have passed, where and what do you think he'd be doing right now in the terms of the arts? Wow. Okay. Yeah, this is something that I've, I've always thought about, and I, I still spend a lot of time thinking about. Well, uh, you, you know, hypothetically speaking, he, the This Is It tour would have happened, and uh, there would have been several legs besides just the, the 50 shows in London. And I think uh, after he would have done that, uh, you know, I really think that he would have started focusing a lot more or spending a lot more time uh, focusing on humanitarian efforts. I mean, he always focused on those things, but I think he would really ramp up his, his efforts to help people all around the world that, that need it. Um, I think he would spend time nurturing and maturing uh, younger artists in particular. You know, I always wondered, well, what if Michael Jackson had been a judge on American Idol? Or what if, you know, Michael Jackson were on the show The Voice and, uh, you know, coaching young people and, and helping artists, uh, you know, really find themselves. I think we'd really see him take on a, a, a mentor type role 
And, you know, creatively, I think you'd also be exploring more, more mediums of film. You know, of course, obviously, his music videos speak for themselves and his, his uh, movie projects. But I think we, we'd see him diving into those things even more if he were still alive. So he, he would probably still be a, a juggernaut in the field and um, really having a huge, you know, even more of a huge influence. But I definitely think we'd see him in a more teaching and more mentor type role at this point. I could go on forever, but I'll, I'll, I'll let someone else chime in, and I'm sure we'll bounce ideas back and forth. And how about you then, Carlson? <laughs> I was actually, when I first read this, the show notes, I was kind of like, why did you guys want me to chime in on this? Because <laughs> I don't know. I, I can be quite funny about speculating about Michael Jackson, like what he would want since he's passed. And this is one thing I've really kind of disliked in the fan community, um, fans assuming they know what what Michael Jackson would have done, what he would have wanted in terms of his personal life, his kids, or even with his music, what he would have done in a certain situation because the answer is we simply don't know. People adapt, they change all the time. They change their opinions all the time. You know, so assuming that he would have done one thing based on something that he did in the past, I I think personally is wrong. Having said that, <laughs> it I mean if I I mean that's all we can go on really because he has passed. We don't know what he would have done um, in certain situations or what he would have done with his unreleased music if he would have released it or anything like that. When I had a think about it and kind of delved a little bit I was like actually I have I do have a few ideas on what he might he might be doing I think that a really beautiful thought that I had was that or what I would have liked (laughs) is that he would have finished his this is it tour and he would have gone to different countries and completed that tour and you know taken the whole world with him and created all these new Michael Jackson fans all over the world and um, spread his message of peace and love with the This Is It tour. And then I feel like he might have taken a break for a little while to raise his kids. And I feel like maybe he might have nurtured their careers a little bit, you know, because they look like they might have some talent and be interested in the arts. And I, I feel like maybe he would have, you know, concentrated on them for a little while. So Jerome says like a teaching or mentoring role, I feel like that might have been more to do with his kids or his nephews or, um, you know, his nieces and stuff like that. Other than that, I feel like he might be doing some interesting stuff. I always felt like he might do scores. You know how like Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nail, uh, he did a couple of scores recently. Oh, yeah. He did The Social Network. Um, Yeah. yeah, He did another one. Did he? Did he do the girl with the dragon yes. tattoo? Or yeah, he did. Yeah, him and Atticus, um, Atticus Rose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like he might have, because he was always into kind of classical music and classical influences and using orchestras and live music. And I think that that would have been a really good thing that um, he might have explored. I just, whenever I think about what he might be doing now, I just keep thinking about scores. And, yeah, and continuing his charity work. And because he was so into film, I feel like uh, going back to scores again, that might have been a better route for him instead of acting. (laughs) 
so that yeah, that's that's the big feeling that I have is scores, nurturing his children, um, and charity work. They're the three things that I think that he might be doing. And I think we all sort of like get to that point where we're like, well, we can't know what he was going to do and we can't comment on this because we don't know what he was thinking, but we can sort of go, well, this was his history and this is what he'd liked and like yeah. the, the film score thing, you know, I think that I've got that in my notes when we get around to that. So, no, I think – and. Did we sort of do a little introduction for for Carlson and her her um, her title of Australia's? Did we? Did I think we I threw it out done? there. I think I called her the biggest fan in the in Australia, but didn't yeah. actually say why. We, no we context. Did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Carlson, did, yeah. give us give us the context because, like, you okay. know, we, first it was the show was such a sausage fest, so we needed a, we needed to get a girl's <laughs> voice in eventually. <laughs> So, Sausage say, Fest. Key, do we have a yeah. show title there or what? <laughs> oh, goodness. I think we do. I think oh, we no. do. Oh, sausages everywhere. Um, yeah, but, I have to. I have to say that I am. I do feel very honoured being the first uh, female Michael Jackson fan on the show. <laughs> hey. and, and but yeah, you have an official title, don't you? So tell us about that. Yeah. Okay, so the official title is according to the plaque that I have. Um, is, I'll just read it out to you, the official number one fan for Australia of Michael Jackson, and then it says my name, Marnie Carlson. Um, yeah, so that's the official title that I received when I won a competition in 2008, and it was run by Max TV, which is a music channel in Australia, um, along with Sony for the promotion of the King of Pop albums in celebration of Michael's 50th birthday. So that was 2008 when all those albums came out. And Sony um, did this promotion and what you could win uh, for the biggest fan in Australia and what you could win was a King of Pop iPod with all his back catalogue on it. So, <laughs> But they had they had a big party to celebrate as well and that, that's where they announced the winner, which was me. So, so awesome. um, yeah, and so there was five finalists in it. We all got a little TV spot. They came to my house. They filmed my collection. They asked me questions. So that's actually on YouTube if anybody wants to check it out. A few we will years link ago that now. in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> so a few years ago now. So does that explain it? Yeah, no, that's great. That's so, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's an official title. So you have got some qualifications to be talking about uh, yeah. this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know, I'm a long-time fan. I've been a fan since I was a child. So I've got a lot of, you know, old articles and, you know, I w I've got a lot of books as well. So I was really into researching Michael Jackson, especially his artistry. And I, that's one thing I said in the TV spot that's never changed. You know, I w always wanted to know what makes him tick, why he does what he does in terms of how he makes his songs and stuff like that. And that's why I love Damien's book so much, by the way, because, you know, you get all those insights from other people who worked with him books are so valuable and you know having all those tidbits on how he worked and what yeah. he did in the studio you know so yeah that I was always a you know into being a Michael Jackson encyclopedia really wanting to know every fact and fact I could about him so yeah and yeah you yeah. mentioned Damien he was wasn't he also a, a uh, one of the contestants on the on that competition you just mentioned he was yes he was my rival on the in the competition <laughs> my my good friend Damien and we we both went to the party actually with yourself Damon and your brother yes 
<laughs> and um, yeah, it was a, that was a fantastic night actually. It was one of the best experiences of my life, just, you know, interacting with other fans, getting to film these little TV spots, getting, yeah, getting to know other fans who were just huge Michael Jackson fans and what they liked most about him. So there were fans that were into his dancing. There were fans that were, you know, just into Thriller. <laughs> um, oh boy. Fans, that, fans that only knew Billie Jean. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. but. Um, yeah, yeah it, so, was, it was a good night. I remember that. It was the King of Pop, um, yeah, yeah, celebration, and it was uh, it was kind of like an album launch as well. We got to, I remember being able to talk to the um, head of Sony Music Australia about about Michael, and yeah, it was great. It was a really good experience, and yeah, I just remember like the crowd just going crazy when when you got announced as the the winner. <laughs> I also remember. Um, some interesting comments after that I had like actual people saying to me that they were surprised that I won and I was like oh you're trying to kill my buzz (laughs) because I mean the reality was that I was up against Jason Jackson who's a very famous Michael Jackson impersonator in Australia and I was up against Damien who's you know as as many people know, is a massive, massive fan and now the author of a Michael Jackson book. I can't really claim that. And then I was up against Loretta Bolton who danced with Michael Jackson on stage. Um, she was a, a You Are Not Alone girl. Oh. Um, so, And then I was up against another guy, Michael Downs, and he has a Michael Jackson pinball machine. So I was up against these amazing Michael Jackson fans. I thought I had no chance at all so yeah it was a surprise to me but I'm very thankful to have the title and like I said it was the one of best one of the best experiences of my life and I definitely cherish it and appreciate it so I'm glad you won money I think it's cool that like just a a fan like you know I guess you could say bedroom fan we're not out there performing (laughs) we we, we're not famous because of an incident you know I think just like a a cool run-of-the-mill fan which the majority yeah. of us sort of are we don't have claim to fames and stuff i think that's cool that a, a, a cool fan like that won it so i think well deserved and yeah so that oh, was your qualification you. that we because we yeah. thought you'd have some good insights like you did for this topic yeah. so well, well, what do you think jamin i just wanted to move is that okay money yeah yeah go ahead what do i think about the um you know the what michael would have been doing now yeah well i agree with Marnie that we don't know like we can't we can't know what he would have been doing but I think it's fun to speculate I think we can look at like clues that he left things like that he talked about in the last decade of his life about what he wanted to do if we can kind of align those clues together we can kind of um, see where he may have gone I agree that uh, w- with what Jerome said I think that this is it would have run its course I think he would have done residencies in the world's major cities I think there was talk about him going to Hong Kong and Sydney and Paris and different places like that Shanghai or something so um, yeah I think this is it would have been massive I think that he would have conquered the world again I think that he would have set all kinds of records with live shows that no one would have ever beaten I think that he would have done possibly one last major pop album. I don't know. There could have been more, but I'm guessing that there would have been one last massive pop album that um, would have... I think there was, there's was. there been information come out 
since he passed saying that his plan was to put out singles throughout his residency um, or residencies performing This Is It. And then eventually those singles would have been compiled onto like an album that would have been sold um, rather than the album coming out first and then singles later. So I think that would have done really, really well. Uh, I think the Halloween special would have happened with Ghosts and Thriller and everything in a new format on TV for everyone to watch. But beyond that, like in terms of what he would be doing now in 2015, I think it would have, if I had to guess, I'd say that he would be more transitioning uh, into, say, like a mature position within the entertainment industry. I'm not so sure he would be focused on, you know, I'm almost certain that he wouldn't be touring anymore because there's so many times in his in his life that he said that he didn't, like touring and it's the hard fact he was so good at it but it was the hard fact that he didn't like it um he said that on private home movies special and um you know so i don't think he'd be focused on doing these huge scale tours maybe anymore maybe the odd performance uh but i definitely feel like he'd be transitioning into uh still being in entertainment somehow but maybe not touring or putting out pop albums so the thing with michael jackson is i think that music and performance and stuff was really in his blood i I don't think he could help it but be creative musically so you know as much as we could say maybe he wouldn't be putting out music anymore i think that it it, it's possible that he wouldn't have been able to help it like he he was just so natural at it and it came to him so i think um i definitely agree with marnie in that he he possibly would have been getting into things like film scores he definitely had a passion for film i remember him talking a lot in interviews about wanting to produce um uh, an adaptation of the jennings michael birch novel they cage the animals at night uh he might have gone on to direct prince um, his son often talks about wanting to have directed films with his father so he may have gone on to collaborate with his son and, and do work with film. Uh, we know that he was working on a children's album and a classical music album before he passed away as well. So I'd say that we, we may have seen those come to fruition. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he would have given up on music. Uh, I think that he'd gathered a great team around him of people like Michael Prince and Brad Buxer. And I think they probably would have gone on to... Uh, to work on more um yeah mature sounding pieces like maybe classical music or film scores and yeah it's interesting to think about i think film would have played a big role definitely yeah Very i don't cool. i don't know if that answers it thoroughly like but yeah yeah that's, totally that's what i think i mean i mean i, I would have loved michael to just continue forever like <laughs> putting out great you know <laughs> pop albums and performing and touring and tv specials and awards performances but but the thing is like you know he was 50 years old and uh i don't think he could have sustained well he he couldn't sustain it you know we we saw that with what happened in 2009 yeah. like I, I don't think he could have sustained it uh so yeah i think he knew that you know the time was was right for him to he he, you know he said he wanted to perform to show his kids that he could do it you know like to show his kids what he did that was the reason he was doing it so i think you know once they'd seen that maybe it would have been time for him to move into some of his other passions like film i'm not really sure yeah cool i think that um if michael would never pass what would he be doing in in right now in terms of the arts i'm okay i think i'm gonna go one direction i'm going to try and say if this is it happened but in it's an original format of 10 shows only or if this is it and the situation and circumstances surrounding this is it tour never happened so i'm just going to possibly ignore this is it because i think that was such a huge 
turning point and um, a disaster in the making. So if that never happened, I'm going to say that I definitely think he, like you said, Jamin, um, had the music in him so much that it would never have stopped. He would never be, he's such a creative genius that he would have just been channeling music and creating music forever in some form. So I do think um, he would always have new stuff in the works. Um, I do think he would do another pop album. I don't think that he would be able to ignore those songs that he, he was always coming to him and he'd be working on in the background. So I think there'd be more pop album and maybe even a few more short films. But I think I agree with all of you, like Jerome and Carson and Jamin, that I think soundtrack scores, that was actually the third note down I've got is soundtrack scores. I think he definitely would have um, dabbled into that and I think he would have been amazing at it because like uh, Carson said, all of the... The, the beautiful instrumental stuff and orchestral stuff that he incorporated into his work. I think that was just a seed of it. Um, films, we, we do know that he was wanting to work on films. The, the, they, they caged them at night film that Jamin mentioned. I think um, hopefully stuff like that would have, would have come to the fore and he would have directed um, some films which would have been incredible to see his direction and, and that side of that we never really got to see. Um, I also think maybe he would have done some more books. He did the poetry book, Dancing a Dream, which is an incredible book. And he might've done some more stuff like that, like uh, essays, um, like social commentary stuff, uh, and maybe even some kids books. Um, and then I agree definitely with Jerome with, I think he would have, um, moved heavily into humanitarian humanitarian efforts a lot i think definitely i think he would have become hopefully recognized for that and then um achieved more in that field and i definitely think he would have been a mentor i think he had so much knowledge and experience and everyone regarded him so highly in the music industry like all artists they go you know michael jackson was my inspiration i think he definitely would have been a mentor um so, I mean, it would have been incredible at it. Whether it would have been a judge on some sort of talent show, I, I can see it definitely happening. Um, but whether or not that would have been a long-term thing or more like a, a like a mentor with a record label, maybe in having artists under his arm, that would have been really cool as well. And uh, uh, Jamin, was it you that mentioned the Halloween special? Yeah, I just mentioned that. I think, uh, yeah, if I, I think remember that correctly, would have been yeah. cool. Yeah, that would have been, I think, something definitely on the cards in the years to come and, and something that I think would have been a huge success. And we could turn thrill, uh, we could turn Halloween into like uh, Thriller Nights, basically. Yeah. Man, that's one of the things I always think yeah. about that uh, another thing that I like to speculate is about, you know, what the estate does and what they should do and all that kind of thing. And, you know, if there was, if there was a product that I reckon should ever come out, it should be a Halloween Michael Jackson mega mix album because he has got so many songs like thriller and is it scary and ghosts and threatened and you know put them all on one thing that'd be crazy i mean you see how good thriller does on the charts every year at halloween anyway so sorry you just along got me thinking with, now. <laughs> along with the adams family thing that never came out yes oh, yeah. which is where is it scary came from i think yeah hmm. yeah i think he was working with teddy riley on that stuff wasn't he yeah um 
Yeah, he was. Um, that I just have to say, my husband is really into all his Halloween stuff. So, I mean, I know people that are very casual Michael Jackson fans, or not even fans, but they love things like Thriller, Is It Scary, and um, all those kind of dark stuff that he was, or dark things that he was um, doing. You know, they think those songs are fantastic. And, you know, if, if you do something like, you know, Threatened in there, which, you know, a lot of non-fans don't really know about, would be fantastic. Totally. I mean, and he had that idea in the works already with the TV special. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. And and it would have been great because I've always felt like Ghosts, in particular, the film has been is probably the most underrated, um, you know, thing that he ever put out. Like, you just oh, yeah. regular people, regular fans, I guess they don't really talk about it very much i mean it, it hasn't been seen by a lot of people i don't know why i don't from memory it i don't think it got a home video release very a, a widespread one anyway no, uh, only in the box set yeah just the yeah. box set you know but so. they did show it on tv here in australia i actually have the yes. i actually taped it off tv and molly meldrum was in um uh costume he had he had his hat on he had cobwebs <laughs> over him and it was all painted in gray it was it was hilarious um so that was probably the first time i saw it before i ended up getting the box set yeah 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 and it so has been to... on tv a few times in america as well yeah. oh that's good to hear that's a relief yeah. yeah i just hope it gets a proper um like a blu-ray release or something one day because, oh yeah because that thing was like they I think, um, you know, the, the people that worked on that were like industry veterans. Like it was filmed with such high quality, you know, I just hope it comes out and is represented in the best way it can be one day. Oh, yeah. Um, I just have a question to ask um, of all of you guys, just based on what you said um, before. You said that you felt that this is it was a disaster in the making. I just want to um, put it out there in the context of the question. Did any of us, feel that this is it might not happen while all the hype, all that hype was going on. Um, did we did, did we feel like it was not it was not going to go ahead? I cuz I had tickets to four of the shows. Yeah. To travel from Australia. There was, I have to admit, it's something not not, not with say the history tour, like that was the history tour. There was like nothing in my mind at that time saying this is not going to happen with this is it there was it was a very small but there was a little thing in the corner of the back of my mind saying this might not happen i think i was hoping so much that it would that i just ignored that but i did have that little tiny seed but it wasn't a big seed it was just an afterthought that this might not happen but that was the first time that i'd ever felt that was something yeah yeah i was um yeah, I I uh, definitely had that feeling. I had that feeling for the entire last decade of his life, actually, whenever new products would be announced or whether new products seemed like they would be on the horizon or, you know, I mean, you know, Invincible promotion being cancelled, um, number one's promotion stopping because of the trial you know it seemed like every time something happened or was about to happen something would come along to stop it so i um yeah i had that feeling throughout the preparations for this is it i just felt like this is 
an amazing thing that's too good to be true and I want it to happen and it's got to happen. And, and, and as it continued and as we started getting that footage, uh, you know, from Kenny Ortega and, and Randy Phillips of all the rehearsal, um, you know, there's, I think they put like a mini documentary out with the dancers and stuff during the preparation yeah. for it. And, and as all of that stuff was coming out, I was like, this is it, you know, it's really happening. It's legit. Mm. And then, um, you know, of course we got that news. And then the morning I heard the news, it was like, I don't know. I just, yeah. I mean, it didn't, I mean, I didn't think he was, I didn't think he'd passed away when I first heard the news. Like I just heard that he was yeah. rushed to hospital and I thought, Oh, okay. This is just another, you know, going to court in your pajamas thing situation. Like, you know, like I, it just, but it, you know, obviously turned out to be really, really terrible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I agree, Marnie. I had that feeling throughout it that this might not happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think the so point there... you made, Jamin, of that whenever there was an album or an event happening, something would come up to stop it. I think yeah. that's where my feeling had come from in the back of my mind because there was that track record of something will happen to derail his plans that was out of his control. So yeah, yeah. that yeah. was my feeling where it came from. Yeah. How about you, yeah. Jerome? Yeah, I, I have to echo the same things, uh, Jamin and Q, what you guys said. There was this little thing in the back of my mind that I had that thought. I kept thinking, this is too good to be true. But at the same time, you know, I, I remember when he made the announcement, I, I, was in, I was in college at the time, and I actually skipped class that day to listen to the announcement because I didn't care what was going on in the rest of the world. Michael Jackson was making an announcement, so I skipped class <laughs> and I was so excited. I called my mom. I said, I don't care what you have to do. We need to rob a bank. We're going to whatever we got to do so we can go to London. And, um, you know, I was just so excited because for me as a Michael Jackson fan, for you know, when I really started getting into Michael was after his 30th anniversary concert. And it was just kind of a hard time to start being a Michael Jackson fan because, yeah. or really get into him because there was so many things that happened in the next few years that, you know, being made fun of by your friends and, people wondering, why do you like Michael Jackson? And don't you think he did this? And so yeah. to finally get to a point where it seemed like, oh man, he's going to conquer the world again. And I'm going to be able to, you know, people, they'll know why I'm a fan. They'll, they'll see it. They'll know why. And so, yeah, I, 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 I did have a little bit of that thought, but like, like Jamin and Q said, you know, I, I kept thinking, no, this is going to happen. It's got to happen. Michael's got to reclaim his place in history. And, uh, this was meant to be and it would make up for, you know, the, all the horrible things that he had been through in the last decade leading up to that point. And the reason I asked that question is because coming back to the, the topic, you know, I think that all of us as fans would love if he was alive today, would just love to see him doing something that he loved, that he could, yes. you know, a, pro a project that he could see through to the end that yep. wasn't, that didn't have these obstacles like so many of his projects were in the last, you know, 10 years of his life where something would just come up to stop it or a record company would pull out on him or, so, you know, he would pull out on them or, you know, something like that. I, I mean, to be honest, I just want wanted to see him do something that he loved yeah, that he totally. just yeah that he would just be at peace with that he just loved doing and just wanted to see through to the end so yeah that's just what I wanted to say <laughs> yeah such good points yeah and we all I think yeah something I think we all really wanted was just to see him just let his cre creativity 
just take yeah. over and let do let him do his thing the way he wants to do it and just like and then at the end of that whatever the product would have been would have been incredible yeah absolutely and to add to that one more thing i just i think also something um that we all would have wanted to see was just to truly see michael be happy again yeah absolutely i'm not sure when the last time he was actually truly happy Mm. yeah yeah, I'm sure that he was happy at, at home with his children and that's probably when he was most, you know, happy. But, yeah, to, to see him in the public eye and be happy and relaxed, yeah, absolutely, would just be amazing. Yeah. I think we saw glimpses of it maybe when he did his appearance in Japan for the big fan oh, yeah. meet-up in Japan. I think we saw glimpses of it there. I think we saw a glimpse of it in the uh, uh, Michael Jackson Private Home Movies TV special. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I think why I love that one so much is because he's just so relaxed and happy in that one, and it's funny. Um, and I think we saw maybe glimpses of it maybe at the um, – what was the award show in England where he uh, got the – World, oh, the Music, World Music. World Music yeah. Awards. Is that the one when he, when he um, did a bit of the um, We Are the World at the end? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think we saw a bit of that there as well. So I think we saw glimpses, but yeah, just to let him be and just to be happy again. That's such a good point. Yeah. It was a really positive era, actually, like that whole post-trial pre-2009 period was like, you know, there was a lot of excitement, especially when he returned to the United States, you know, it was all happening, you know, and it, it just felt like as soon as Michael allowed that possibility again of him coming back to the entertainment industry, that whole giant machine of industry trying to control him came out again and him allowing himself to to come out and do more music it was just all these people came around him to try and take advantage of that again which in my opinion ultimately resulted in what happened in 2009 and it's i just hope one day we get a book about that i want somebody to write a book about the you know the whole last period of his life like the what are the real reasons what are all the things that happened leading up to 2009 that resulted in what happened yeah absolutely yeah it's it's just amazing to think how quickly it all kind of spiraled out of control and I think that you know the biggest thing that I would have liked to have seen is just him having the right people around him and that that would tie in the you know, with him being happy, having people that he truly trusted. And he'd, he had some of those people, but there's always going to, there always seemed to be one, but just one or two that just would always say yes to him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he, he needed, you know, people that he truly trusted and along with a little bit of discipline to make things happen. So, yeah, it's sad. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Very interesting stuff. That's something we could spend a whole show talking about, really. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You guys oh, yeah. Did, thank you for the thank you guys for joining us for that main discussion point. I'm glad that we had you for that because it's funny that a lot of the things we were thinking were all in common. Yeah. And then yeah. some people had other stuff that led off and I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that would have been awesome. So Yeah. Mission accomplished, that worked perfectly. What a great discussion topic there. 
Uh, we're going to get right into finds of the week now, and we might uh, pick up straight with with Q. What what have you been engaging with Q this week, Michael Jackson related, that you've been really excited about? Just the last couple of weeks, I've been like, you know, if I've just been jamming to stuff, uh, music stuff, I've had a cool little history remix that I'll, I'm going to throw out there for finds of the week. It's on SoundCloud, so I thought I'd better better get this out there before it gets taken down i think um a number of the mixes i had in my playlist have all been disappearing lately from soundcloud so i thought i better get it out there while we can but it's just a little remix nothing huge this week it's just a cool little remix of the track history it's by the artist that's listed on soundcloud is la p l e space p la p and yeah it's just history remix so we can play a bit of it on the show if you want yeah and then uh yeah, let me know your thoughts and and like soundcloud has some hilarious mixes as carlson and i heard this week <laughs> remember that one that was bizarre and funny uh it was what was that that was that man men at work down under song oh, oh. that was amazing <laughs> amazing it was bizarre <laughs> i loved it okay so it's it's the smooth criminal but it's called criminal down mix so it's with um the what, what's the band called with the land down under i think it was met was it, it work yeah. yeah 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 so and it's just mashed up i just love Hilarious. it Hilarious. it's just it's just the instrumental of smooth criminal with yeah. <laughs> with with um land down under yeah i thought Great. that was just the weirdest hilarious thing but anyway yeah so soundcloud has mixes like that and then you can find some awesome ones like i think we've spoken about the human nature one before which i think has now been taken down but um yeah so that's i just have been jamming to this a lot and i thought i'm just going to put this in there as my find of the week so we can listen to a bit of that it's the history featuring michael jackson of course by la p
So there you go. You guys um, let me know your thoughts. And if you know any other cool SoundCloud remixes, send them through basically because I want to add them to my Michael playlist. So that's pretty cool. Please send them in. But um, yeah, that, I like the cruisy cruisiness of that. It's just this cool take on history. So there you go. That was my find of the week. Very, very cool. Jerome, what have you been enjoying for the last couple of weeks? Uh, so for the last couple of weeks, I've been extremely busy at work, but uh, when I get home and I have a little bit of free time in the evenings, I, I always tend to um, get stuck on YouTube. And so I watch various clips, live clips of Michael from anything. And, um, you know, for whatever particular reason, actually last night, I decided to um, record myself dancing to Billie Jean a little bit. and. Uh, in searching for a, a version of Billie Jean to, to use, I was just looking through all the different Billie Jeans on YouTube, which there's so many. And I happened to find this montage of Billie Jean that I've never seen before. And um, it's not it's not footage, it's, it's not footage that we haven't seen before, but I myself had never seen this particular montage. I thought it just was so well done. It's about 12 minutes long and it, it, it kind of uses, um, it actually uses uh, footage from just about every every um, era of Billie Jean, um, starting from Motown 25 all the way up to you see parts of This Is It. And it's, it's just so well done and blended together. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So not anything particularly groundbreaking, but uh, definitely a really cool clip uh, that was uploaded by user Chief Mouse on, on YouTube. So if, if you're a fan of montages and you just want to want to see an, an awesome montage of Billie Jean, definitely something worth checking out. Sounds really cool. We'll definitely put that in the show notes. I had a I had a watch yeah, of it I this morning. It's great. Watch that. <laughs> good find. Very very good find. All right, Marnie, what have you been enjoying for the last couple of weeks? Well, this is probably more like the last couple of months, but last year uh, SH Figure Arts brought out a Michael Jackson figurine. This yeah, is an so this cool. yeah this is an official product, um, and it's actually a Moonwalker figurine. So it's well, or the Smooth Criminal get up. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I was really wanting to get one of these, but kind of couldn't afford it. Moved house last year and everything. But my brother, who is uh, very much into figurines, action figures and stuff, thought that he would buy this for me. So I have it in my hand. Um, I have not unboxed it. <laughs> so at the moment, I'm just admiring it. But it's a fantastic official product. It's not too expensive. And it's just, you know, you can fully pose it. It's actually, It actually comes with a shadow um, face that you can attach Michael to and have him do the lean. Oh, wow. So... Yeah, it's and it's got some, you know, funky little poses that it can do and yeah, it's just a beautiful little figure. I mean, the face isn't fantastic on it, but you know, it's quite a small figure, so you're not going to get the best faces on any small figure, but yeah, just the fact that you can, you know, it's got this beautiful shadow base and you can make it do the lean or do any of the poses from Smooth Criminal is just awesome. So, yeah, the box is beautiful as well. It comes kind of like with a uh, Triumph International and Michael Jackson's signature on it. Yeah, so SH Figure Arts is a great line of action figures anyway, but, yeah, I'm so excited that they brought out this beautiful Michael Jackson figure. So, yeah, I've been admiring that for the last couple of months. <laughs> Carlson, I, um, the, the link that you sent uh, for us to have a look at that, I did look at that yesterday, and I yeah. saw that in the merchandise shop at the 
uh, Michael Jackson one show in Las Vegas. Ah, and oh. I didn't buy it. I sort of regret it because I have to say it was a really cool little figure. Even the box alone, like you said, is a beautiful box, but the figure is really cool. It's like, it's not a huge figure, but, and in the, we'll put in the show notes, the, uh, the article, the review that you um, sent us and the figure has, is very, very well articulated and yeah. like, yeah, that's really cool. I don't, how much was it? Can you remember? Well, it was a gift, but on Amazon, it's US about $35. Okay. So not too bad for considering, you know, I, I mean, it's a lot, it, well, it's smaller than the Hot Toys ones and it's not as beautifully boxed or anything. But for an official Michael Jackson figurine, it's actually not too expensive. The retail price is $45. So if you can get it on Amazon for $35 and there's other places that sell it like Big Bad Toy Store and stuff like that but yeah for the quality and everything and for an official product yeah it's just great it's really cool it's a yeah it's a really good looking figure the costume's done really well and yeah the articulation is really cool that's actually if you've got nephews and nieces maybe it's a cool present so you can get them into michael jackson subtly he's a cool action figure absolutely oh can i just say one more thing about it it actually has interchangeable upper body parts. So it has a jacket that, that actually billows out. So you can actually, you know, so it looks, you know, you put his arms in the air and he looks like he's doing the whole, you cool. know, flick of the jacket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. So like kind of like the pose on the front of the Ultimate Collection box? That- yeah. Yes, yeah, you yes, can do all exactly. of those wind poses and stuff. Oh. It's really cool. Yeah, and it has and it has another face as well. So it says it includes the attached normal expression face part as well as an additional interchangeable smiling face part. So <laughs> you can have him looking stern or serious, and you can have him looking happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so depending on your mood that day. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah, when I finally unbox it, uh, maybe I'll you know play with the poses a little bit. But at the moment, I'm you know, still kind of admiring it in the plastic. So, so yeah, if anyone has this figure, send us a picture of you with the figure and we will share that. Very cool find of the week. So I have a find of the week as well. And this one is an article written on the All for Love blog by the writer Raven. Uh, it's a very interesting article. I, as you might know, I'm a history teacher, so I love learning about history and studying it and all of that kind of stuff, especially Michael Jackson history. And I found this article, it's called Where Michael Got His Good Looks, Michael Jackson's Beautiful Grandmother, Crystal Lee King Jackson. And one thing that I feel has never been written enough about is really the history of Michael's family prior to, you know, Joseph and Catherine. Uh, it's really unclear, actually, like, you know, his his family roots. Uh, there's not a lot of writing out there about that sort of thing. So when I stumbled upon this article, I found it really interesting. And it came out, it was actually released on Mother's Day. The author, Raven, actually says in the article that she spent a lot of time in the past on Mother's Day in previous years honoring Catherine and putting out articles about her. But this year she felt it was important to honor Michael's grandmother. And so she did a bit of research and and gathered some information and ended up putting out this article. And it it all started, actually, her research started, I think, when she saw a photograph on a Twitter timeline. There's a a Twitter user uh, by the name of Yashi Brown, and they put out a a photograph of of, uh, Crystal Lee King Jackson. 
And when you see the photo, it's really amazing. It really looks like you're looking at a photo of Janet Jackson from the Rhythm Nation tour or something like that because it's like the resemblance is, is really uncanny. And uh, so that kind of piqued Raven's fascination and she started researching and, and, and has written this whole article about this person who was Michael Jackson's grandmother, Joseph Jackson's mother. And there's all kinds of information in there about location and dates. Like, for example, um, Crystal Lee King Jackson grew up in rural Arkansas. Uh, she was born either uh, in either 1900 or 1907. We're not exactly sure due to the unclear nature of, of the history. Uh, she married a man called Samuel Jackson, who may have been the very first African-American teacher in the state of Arkansas. He was 33 at the time and, and she was 16. And basically they married and they had five children in, in very quick succession. And uh, the oldest one of them was, of course, Joseph uh, Walter Jackson, who was Michael's father. Uh, and the, the article goes into the rest of her life as well and the story around her life. And it's actually quite a sad story, especially in, in regards to her, like what, what she did when she, after she had children. But the thing that really, really drove home to me after I read the article was that, you know, like Michael and his siblings often talk about the abuse they suffered when they were growing up, you know, by Joseph and, and that kind of thing. But this article really showed me that Joseph had his own struggles that he dealt with when he was a child, that he was going through. And especially when you learn about the story of his mother and what she had to deal with and what she was dealing with, you know, Joseph's childhood wasn't very easy either. So um, it's, you know, it's just, that doesn't excuse anything, but it's kind of more like just context for learning about people's actions and, and the kind of history they had and, and went through as they were growing up and learning about the history of the Jackson family stretching right back even beyond Joseph and Catherine really allow you to have a context and understanding as a fan of Michael Jackson that you can't have without researching this kind of thing. So I, I found it really interesting and, and, I, and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes if anybody wants to learn about Crystal Lee, King Jackson as well. So yeah, that's my find of the week. Awesome. Very wow. Cool. You can definitely see a family resemblance. The, the eyes, I think the cheekbones and the chin shape, yeah. I think for me are what stood out most because that's, I think in all of Michael and his siblings, I think the eyes, um, especially for him and Janet mm, and Latoya, mm. Um, and then the cheekbones for everyone in that family, pretty much lucky buggers with those gorgeous <laughs> cheekbones. And then the really cool yeah. uh, square jaw, the chin, the chin and the, the jaw. I think for me, they were the family genetic features I could see most coming through from the picture. Yeah, well, that's how that's how um, Raven actually starts the article. She starts by saying, like, if you ever wondered, you know, have you ever sat and wondered why Michael doesn't look a whole lot like Joseph and Catherine? Well, it's possible that those uh, genetic traits skipped generation and, and they just show this photo of... Um, of uh, Crystal Lee King Jackson, and it's like, wow, okay, <laughs> definite, yeah. definite correlation here. So um, we've got a few thank yous as well uh, for this week's show. We're coming to the end of our show now, and, and I really want to give a big thank you, like another big shout-out to Jenkins of uh, Moonwalk Talks. Great guy, great podcast. I want to just plug it again. You know, I don't want to, Q and I don't want to be the kind of guys where it's like, you know, our podcast is the best and you shouldn't listen to any other podcast ever. Absolutely <laughs> not. There's plenty of uh, great podcasts out there and not so many Michael Jackson ones, but there is another awesome Michael Jackson podcast you can listen to called Moonwalk Talks. Jenkins does a little bit of a different job to us. Q and I like to cover the news and then uh, also do some discussion topics in there as well. We have quite long shows. Jenkins, what he does is he chooses a topic 
topic, usually uh, one per show, and does a real deep dive into that topic, uh, a lot of research and discussion around it. So uh, really, really good show, hilarious guy. Some of his episodes, I'm just sitting there cracking up. He, he, he just pulls out the jokes like you wouldn't believe. So make sure you check out Jenkins' Moonwalk Talks again. Thank you very much, Jenkins, for giving us a shout-out on your last show as well. Very cool. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, we're not the only Michael Jackson podcast <laughs> out there. So, you know, go go check out some of the others because, yeah, there's some Jenkins has got a good one. I've got a few thank yous, if that's okay. Um, I wanted to thank uh, Kazi, uh, JetBlue, uh, James, Maximilian, Cody Covington, Eva Maria Sarah Lynn, Tabloid Junk, Conexio MJ from Brazil, Bev, 13th of June, 2005. Uh, check them out on Twitter, especially, yeah, and YouTube. They've actually just starting up little mini uh, podcast, YouTube podcasts um, about the, uh, the vindication um, back in the trial era. So uh, 13 June, 2005, we uh, can't wait to see the rest of your podcast and they've got an amazing book out as well. Legacy of Love, NYC, Megan Davidson, Jad's Schuster, Bad Groove, Michael's Dream, Anastasia, Yen Sid 98 and Yen Sid, I totally get your in-joke there, being a big Disney nerd. <laughs> Kerry Ward, Dwight Brown, at MJ underscore one underscore zero underscore one. So MJ 101, very cool guy and uh, shout out to you. Uh, June Astford, Briar O'Neill, Belinda O and my beautiful hubs that brought in a cup of tea and some Anzac cookies for me to eat. I race, isn't he the best? Cause I race in here without having any breakfast. Aww. So we snuck those in and hopefully the mute button was working <laughs> while I was eating those. <laughs> so there, I know it was a lot, but we've had um, some really great interactions yeah. and support from people this week. And I wanted to make sure that I could get a bunch of them in there and show our appreciation for our listeners. So totally. um, thank you all. And there was I forgot to, a couple. You, you go. Oh, sorry, Q. I just forgot to thank somebody as well. I wanted to thank you because what? the last couple of weeks, man, you have been really working hard on the social side of things. And for the listeners who don't really know, I... I take care more of the technical side of things like recording and uploading the podcast and all of that kind of thing. But Q is our social guy. He's on Twitter. He's on Facebook. He's on everywhere talking to people about the show, interacting with fans. And I just wanted to say thank you so much, uh, Q, for all of the work you've been doing interacting with everybody lately because it's been a monumental effort and you've done such a great job. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. It's fun. Like, I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know what Google Plus is. So good luck to, good luck to the Google Plus. They're on their own. Yeah, so you're on your own. I'll let you look after them, German. I don't even know what that is. Um, But yeah, so Twitter, you're catching up to Facebook. We're loving it. So that's cool. Usually Facebook is like our powerhouse. But um, this last week and a bit, Twitter has gone off. We've actually now got over 600 Twitter followers. Well, when I checked last night, hopefully it hasn't dropped. But yeah, over 600 Twitter followers now. So that's awesome. And we welcome all the new listeners. And I even tried this week to start a little hashtag and uh, Jerome, thank you. And Leanna Norquest out there and Austin, uh, you guys all joined into the hashtag. The hashtag was hashtag today I heard MJ. So oh. you know how when you're out at the shops, yeah. 
JB Hi-Fi or on the uh, bus or whatever, and you you hear Michael hashtag today I heard MJ and let us know where you heard that song because we're all fans and I you guys are all going to laugh at this. You know from. 20,000 miles away that there's a Michael Jackson song playing because you can recognize oh, absolutely. a beat or something. You go, they're playing, I can, they're playing Billy Man, Billy. I can hear Wannabe starting something a mile off. Like, I just yeah, hear, all I'm like there that, too. I walk so. straight there wherever it is, whatever shop I'm going in. Yeah, you go, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You hear I, I can a think tiny of... snippet in the wind and you go, Wannabe starting something. <laughs> <laughs> We're like a bloodhound, uh, yeah. us fans out there. We all laughing because we know it's, it's true. true. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. I walked into the gym the other day and I could hear the way you make me feel, just the beat, yeah. like as I was walking in. And I was like, oh, that is so great. <laughs> so next time, hashtag it. Today I heard MJ at, at the, the gym. gym. The which way you I think make me feel. Leanna, Leanna, I think, heard it at the gym. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, I was at the mall recently twice and I went into a particular store and, um, both of the times within two weeks of each other that I went into that store, it was fate. I walked in and I heard a place with, you know, a place with no name. Um, wow. Just, yeah, the escape version. That's cool. And, uh, and it's just cool to hear that playing. That would be the last thing I'd expect to hear. But yeah, yeah definitely yeah. really cool. Well, there you go. So listeners out there, when you hear your Michael, wherever you are, whatever time of the day, hashtag it. Today I heard MJ, and maybe you never know. Maybe we can get it trending. And in the future, we'll try some other hashtags out as well and see if we can get some trends. That would be fun. Definitely. Hashtag so, sausage fest. <laughs> There's our show title. It's, it's... I don't know if you want to probably search for that. It might not be a good result. <laughs> All right. So what a, that's been a great show. And so, Carlson, thank you to the number one fan in Australia of Michael Jackson which is an official thing. We didn't make this up. We'll uh, put that video in the hashtag. I remember that from those good old early years. So thanks for joining us today. And what time is it over in, in Indianapolis, Jerome? Right now it's 9.31 p.m. Okay, so, so okay, for me and you, it's an exact 12-hour difference. So it's 9.30 here in the morning on a beautiful grey, rainy day, I have to say. I'm so happy. I love it. Oh, we don't jealous. get rain all that oh. much here. So I'm like, woohoo! it's finally raining. And oh, there's a storm coming day. in here. Oh, well, hopefully it's not too bad for you. No, so no, it shouldn't be too bad. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for joining us today. Uh, your insight to the uh, to the topic discussion sent in from uh, the creative uh, APE, uh, Austin Ernst, one of our great listeners, was um, invaluable. So really appreciate that. Oh, thank you guys so much. I've had such a blast and I really miss these, you know, having these Michael Jackson conversations, you know, as, as we get older, we don't get to do them as much, but I'm so glad you guys have the podcast because it's like a throwback to those all night conversations that we all <laughs> used to have with Michael Jackson fans, especially around the, you know, the 2005 to 2009 time, you know, mm. when things were so exciting. And, um, and we yeah. were all on the same fan clubs back then as well. Oh yeah, we were, we were. Yeah. So back in the day of club MJ and, <laughs> Mac Maximum Jackson, which is a whole other Oprah show. Yeah, I think Club MJ tops that one. But um, <laughs> and then there was MJ and I, which was a lot of fun. And yeah, so, miss those yeah. days. Yeah, it's a different world yeah. now. That's for sure. It sure is. 
just want to say thank you to all of you uh, for having me. I uh, really enjoyed it. Very honored to have been able to be on the show and be the first normal MJ fan with no real claim to fame. Uh, but <laughs> I um, saw you just... busting out a few moves on Instagram. Yeah, this week. I wouldn't call yourself normal in that way. Bro. You've been busting out we those moves everywhere. Busting out the moves. That was pretty cool. <laughs> you, are you wearing out the carpet in that corner? Because I know growing up, I wore out the carpet in my room in one particular patch. <laughs> I, I probably will wear out the carpet soon. <laughs> but yeah, guys, it's been great to be on the show and, uh, Definitely very excited that you started the podcast, and I, I think it's a wonderful thing that will uh, really continue to grow and be a great resource for, for Michael Jackson fans. And as, uh, as you guys were just saying, one thing I'll say, you know, if it wasn't for technology and social media, you know, there's no way that I'd be talking to you guys in Australia right now. And I just think that's the coolest thing that yeah. just a few years ago, you know, besides maybe messaging back on some forums or something that. We, you know, we wouldn't be doing this. So it's yeah. just really awesome that we're able to yeah, connect this way. Yeah, I think the way. time is right. I think, you know, we've got so much cool technology now. Like I'm Skyping on this piece of glass, like this iPad, which is a computer, which would have a bajillion times more computing power than even the space shuttle would have back when they started that probably. I'm yeah. like talking to people across the country and then over in America. So, yeah, I think the time is right. Technology is catching up where this sort of stuff is now a natural thing and it's an awesome thing and we're very lucky yeah absolutely um yeah it's so great and of course i'll be happy to be on any other time if you guys ever want help with anything i'm here so i just think that what you guys are doing is so great i'm so excited for you and so thank excited to be here thank you so much that's so cool of you guys no we appreciate all our listeners and even if it is just a couple of blokes talking about <laughs> mj <laughs> around the table so no, that's cool. Thank you. Jamin, did you want to let people know how they can contact us and stuff? Absolutely. There's a few key ways to get to us. If you want to go to themjcast.com, you're going to find links to all of our social networks on there. Uh, if you go up to the top of the page, themjcast.com, you'll find a little drop-down uh, link or, a, sorry, a menu, which has all, all of our links in there. We've got Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. We are everywhere. Uh, you know, the best way to get the full story of the MJ cast is to like, subscribe, follow us on all of those networks because they're all different. Uh, Twitter, we've got a lot of conversation happening. Facebook, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, uh, visual stuff happening. So check us out on all of those networks. Uh, but the best way to get to us is the MJcast.com uh, to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, we are first and foremost a podcast. So to subscribe to us, uh, if you want to use iTunes, just uh, jump straight in there and search the MJ cast. And uh, we'll come up and you can hit subscribe and get our latest episodes. Alternatively, if you're on Android, the best way to do that is to go to our website and click the on Android link up the top right. It's a little green box and it'll take you through the prompts uh, in that way on how to do that. But otherwise, that's pretty much how to get to the MJ cast. Oh, and we're also obviously on email. Uh, a lot of communication comes our way from people all over the world. So if you want to send us an email, we are themjcast at iCloud.com. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And we would really love it if you could rate and review our show on iTunes. It yeah. doesn't take long at all to do. So if you could rate and review the show, we will send you a hug. <laughs> 
definitely do, do it. That. We've got a couple of five star ratings up there on the on the US one, but we want more international iTunes ratings. So people all around the world. Yeah, we have a lot of international fans. It's hard to keep up actually where everyone is from and and all the communication, but all over the world. So if you could yeah, rate and review from wherever you are on iTunes, that would be awesome. So thank you for so much. And we would love it also. We're very needy here at the MJ cast. We would love it if you could tell your Michael friends about us. Just spread the word. You know, we've got some pictures up on Facebook and Twitter and and um, on the site where you can share and it has all of our contact details. So share that around. Tell your Michael mates about us because the more of us there are, you know, the more we can give you and the more conversation there is between us. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that's it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That's a wrap. I hope uh, all of our listeners enjoy the rest of their uh, week. Look forward to another episode in a fortnight's time uh, and make sure you keep Michaeling. Thank you.